Girlfriends, episode number 242, Survival Guide for the Sleep Deprived. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance and joy in family living. This week we are talking about what to do when you're just too tired. I know this applies to you. Can't wait to have this important conversation. Hey, girlfriends, how are you? Welcome to the newest episode of the Girlfriends Podcast. Excited to have you here with me. Always glad to connect with you here. This week, we're talking about when you're tired. And why is this on my mind? Because I'm tired. (laughs) And also because I've been hearing from a number of other people who are going through this transition from summertime to back to school in the age of COVID and feeling stressed out by it, feeling overwhelmed by it at times and feeling just tired. And um, so I've been hearing from a number of people who've been reaching out and saying that's what they've been struggling with. I had someone recently ask me if we would revisit this topic because we did cover this topic um, all the way back on episode, let me see, number 68 was called When You're Just Too Tired. And I'm going to be sharing some of those same thoughts that I shared back then. But because I know not everybody goes all the way into the archives when they first start listening to Girlfriends, Shout out to those of you who do it. You make me feel very self-conscious when I know you are binge listening to girlfriends. I hear from you sometimes and people tell me I'm going back and I'm starting from the from day one and I want to get caught up to current day. And wow, that's a lot of me you're listening to. I know I wouldn't be able to do it, but more power to you. Thank you for, for being that faithful. Um, but for those of you who aren't going back into the archives, I think it's important to revisit some of these evergreen topics because they're evergreen for a reason. They're evergreen because these are things we struggle with all the time. And I think uniquely we're struggling with exhaustion and different levels of sleep deprivation. Of course, that's always a part of a mother's experience, no matter what age or stage of motherhood you're in. Actually, it's just part of the human experience. And um, I mean, studies show that most Americans are, are walking around significantly sleep deprived. They're not getting the kind of rest that they need. So I'm going to talk um, back over some of those topics we talked about way back in episode number 68, but bring a modern day perspective to them and add in some of my own. But I've been feeling the need to talk about this topic because I've been tired. I've been doing a lot lately. And I think it's important to just kind of assess your situation sometimes like that. This isn't actually one of my bullet points. You know, I love my bullet points. But before we talk about my bullet points, just I want to encourage you to assess whether you're getting the rest you need, whether that matters right now. Okay, so sometimes for a short period of time, you can go hardcore on a project or there might be a certain season of parenting, perhaps with a teething toddler or something where you're going to be sleep deprived. And so the things I'm going to talk about today apply to those times in your life. But I think it's important if you're feeling extra tired to figure out why. And not that you have to be super analytical about it, but think it through. Like, what is going on right now? What are my unique circumstances? And where could maybe I take some of the pressure off? Where could um, I address this situation in a way that's going to help me get the rest that I need, help me to be healthy, help me to be happy, help me to enjoy life, be a joyful wife, mother, worker, friend, daughter, whatever it is. So I think it's important to kind of assess that way. I've been feeling extra tired. And when I take a moment to assess, it's because I'm taking on a lot of new things. 
So yes, we're having the back to school season here, which means new schedules and figuring stuff out. My high schoolers pretty much are independently doing that. They drive themselves to school for their, they're in for half days. One week it's in the morning and one week it's in the afternoon. They're figuring that part out on their own. Uh, But then I've got two, an eighth grader and ninth grader who are full-time homeschooled. And uh, Dan is taking on the bulk of that right now. And But still, it's getting that set up, setting up new routines here at home and that sort of thing. But then the other big project I've got going on is what I've been telling you about is the Catholic Mom Summit, which I'm super excited to be working on. Live event coming up November 13th to the 15th. You can get more information and register for free at catholicmomssummit.com. I'll have those links in the show notes for you. Um, But that's been a fun project because I've been pulling together all of these different presenters. And right now we have 80 presenters. 80 people are contributing their time and their talents to this summit, which is going to be the largest gathering of Catholic moms ever online. So I'm really excited about this event. I'm really excited about the themes we're taking up in this event. We're going to be talking about parenting, marriage, work-life balance, self-care, spirituality, these everyday things that we truly care about. The things we talk about here are girlfriends. I mean... (laughs) I'm organizing this summit. So the things we talk about here on Girlfriends are, are very much going to be a part of what's at the heart of this gathering of women online. It's the sort of things that we women love to connect and share about and that we have so much to gain from connecting with other people who share our faith, who maybe share some of our circumstances. So much to gain from coming together and sharing information sharing inspiration, but then just encouraging and supporting each other and affirming each other in the dignity of our vocation as Catholic moms. So if you haven't heard of the Catholic Moms Summit, I want to encourage you to check it out. Go to catholicmomssummit.com, free to register. There is an upgrade to an all-access pass. And let me tell you, with 80 presenters, (laughs) this all-access pass is quickly becoming a bargain. I mean, it already was. It's a great, great value for what you're getting with all the bonus content and access to some live events. But with all those talks, you'll get forever access to all of those talks. You'll be able to listen to them. Maybe like you're listening to this podcast right now, just download an MP3 and listen to it on the go or take the time and watch the videos, you know, when you get a spare moment at home great opportunity for you to get access to all of those things. Anyway, you can get all the information at catholicmomsummit.com. And now I just broke into a little commercial for Catholic Mom Summit when really I meant to tell you. <laughs> it's because of the work that I've been doing behind the scenes working on that. I've been taking on extra things and I'm I'm excited about it. I'm joyful about doing it. And so this is one of those things where I can say, yes, this is taking my time and energy and I am more tired because I've taken this on and it's worth it. And it's not forever. So you can kind of assess your circumstances like that. And if it happens to be something that is forever, then maybe you need to look at a more permanent solution for taking the pressure off in some other part of your life. But when it's just for a short period, um, it, it can be worthwhile. So the other project that I've got going on, it's not going on currently, but I just recently submitted a new book manuscript. And I don't understand exactly how I made the time to do that, but except for I was getting up early every morning, getting up at five and starting writing. And truly, I'm grateful that I've had the opportunity to do that. And I'm excited. I cannot wait to share with you more about what this new book project is, because it's different in kind from 
other books that I've written from what I've done so far. And I'm hopeful that it, it will be a blessing to you and that you will enjoy it. So this is being published with Ascension. Um, I'll share more details when I'm allowed to, but right now it's really in very much first draft mode. But that other project was another reason why I have been feeling extra tired, but now that one is crossed off my list until I get first edits. Um, so at least that much. And, you know, another time when you might make adjustments. So you may not be writing a book, you may not be organizing a summit, but there, there might be similar things that you're doing, extra things that you've been taking on. And you can assess, is this a situation where I'm going to be doing this forever? So I need to figure out how I'm going to manage this. Or is this a situation where this is just going on for this set period of time and um, I'm going to be tired? And maybe I need to make concessions for a little while in other parts of my life to accommodate that, but it's a worthwhile investment of my time and energy. So that's just the first kind of way that you can assess what you're spending your time and energy on and maybe why you're feeling extra tired. Um, and, you know, so keeping those things in mind, I'm going to share this, these my bullet points, my things that I, I want to encourage you to think about if you're feeling overwhelmed and sleep deprived. Here's a, a nice survival guide for you. So first and foremost, check your health. Okay. If there's no reason, like if you do an assessment like that and you're like, I have no idea why I am so tired. Well, maybe make an appointment with your doctor and, and share that information. Just say, I am exhausted all the time. Maybe you have a condition you need to know about. Maybe you need your thyroid checked. You know, maybe it is just whatever age you are, or, you know, maybe it's stress related, but it can be worthwhile if you, if it really is a mystery to you, why you're feeling sleep deprived. I mean, if you've got a newborn baby, there's no mystery there. <laughs> there is why you are sleep deprived and it is a very good reason. And it's going to be ongoing for some time, right? But if you find yourself just wondering, like, why on earth am I just dragging every single day? What is going on with me? And it truly is a mystery to you, then maybe, you know, make an appointment with your doctor and just share that information, get a checkup and, and see what's going on with you. It can definitely be worthwhile. I know I had a good girlfriend once who was just kind of suffering, struggling through for years with exhaustion and she, it kind of became her normal. She never really thought about it. Um, but then during a regular routine kind of physical checkup, um, turned out she did have a thyroid condition that could be treated. And she was like, why didn't anybody tell me this? And um, I know from my own experience that um, it can be it, vitamin deficiency can can cause problems like that. I shared with you here that um, uh, over a year ago now, I had a vitamin D deficiency. I had no idea. And that's a very simple thing to fix. You can take a vitamin D supplement. But um, I wasn't so much suffering from exhaustion, but I had um, pain and other kinds of symptoms. But that's a weird thing, right? Like it can be something you never even thought about. And it, it might be a vitamin deficiency. It might be something else going on with you. But if it is a mystery in any way, doesn't don't live like that. Don't struggle through because that's that's the thing. Like after I, I finally went to the doctor and found out, oh, I can just take some vitamin D and this is going to get better. Wow. I uh, wish I had done that months ago. So figure that out. Okay. So start there. And the second point that I want to make is give your exhaustion to God for whatever reason you're feeling exhausted. Maybe it's inevitable right now. Maybe it's unavoidable. Like I said, if you're, if you're the mom of a newborn, if you're going through a, a time of crisis, maybe caring for an elderly or an ill parent, whatever you're doing in your life, if it's causing you to be exhausted and it's inevitable right now, then I really want to encourage you to Assess that and then make the conscious choice to give that exhaustion to God. 
so many times we kind of think of our, our spiritual life, our relationship with God as something we need to do, but it's really important, especially if you're feeling exhausted, to know that God doesn't need you to do anything. He wants you to be with Him. He wants you to come to Him and be with Him. He says, come to me, all you who are weary, and I will give you rest. What a beautiful scripture passage to contemplate. I will give you rest. What does God mean by that? What a beautiful promise during a time when you might be feeling especially exhausted. That might be a beautiful time for you to spend some time reading and reflecting on that scripture passage and then just sitting in quiet and resting in God, consciously being present in God's presence and resting in Him. Sometimes I I do this too. We think of our spiritual life as like another to-do right? Another thing, another chore. I have to spend X amount of minutes in prayer, but it's not like that. You know, it's a gift and it's it's a way that God wants to restore and refresh you is inside of that relationship with him. So it's really, it's a relationship. It's not some kind of transaction. It's not a communication that, you know, you need to convey your message to God, right? And it, it's back and forth. It's about being present and placing yourself in the presence of God and being open to Him, being open to receiving God and receiving what He might want you to hear. And if you're exhausted, what He wants you to receive is His rest. So look for a way that you can do that. And that doesn't mean another to-do. It doesn't mean another chore. But look for a way. You may not have hours to be able to sleep, but can you find five minutes in your day that you where you wouldn't otherwise do this and just spend it in quiet, quiet contemplation, Give that to God. Give him your exhaustion. Give him the mess that you are. I know sometimes I'll do this where I feel like I need to get myself together. I need to, I I can't be a mess. Like if I'm a mess spiritually or emotionally or physically or whatever's going on with me, I feel like I can't bring that to God. I need to, I need to get my act together first before I, I stand before God. I need to clean myself up a little bit, but that's ridiculous. God loves you right there in the mess that you are. He wants you to bring that mess to him. He wants you to be messy before him because he can give you rest. He can give you healing. He can give you peace. He wants you to have that. So give your exhaustion to God. Give it over to him. And even if it's just in a very, you know, offering it up kind of way, giving it to him gives it great meaning and value. You're no longer just kind of muddling through your day suffering because you're feeling tired. You're giving that exhaustion to God. You're giving all the suffering that it might cause you in any way. You're giving it to God and it's becoming infinitely valuable. You can offer it up for a particular intention. If you're exhausted because you're dealing with an issue with one of your kids, offer it up for that kid. It gives great meaning to what you're going through. All right. So then the next tip that I have is a very practical one, which is cross some things off your list. You know what I'm talking about, the stuff that you're clinging to because you feel like this is this is what I, I have to do these things, right? I, I, I have to bring homemade cookies to the soccer banquet. No, you don't. Okay, it might not be something like that for you. But we all kind of hold on to standards that we don't have to. It might be doing certain chores around your house. It might be work things that you're still saying yes to that you don't need to say yes to right now. It might be things with upkeep in your household or driving carpool. There, there might be things that you can pass off to somebody else or you can say, I cannot do this for this time. 
I cannot do this right now. It doesn't make sense for me right now. It might be, you know, uh, making complicated dinners. Maybe you you really pride yourself in cooking all homemade organic dinners or something. Maybe your standard isn't even that high, but there's some way that you can let go of a standard. There's some things that you can cross off your list. And if you're going through a period of exhaustion in your life, then now is the time to do that. Take some obligations off your plate. Everybody is going to survive that. They will. We feel like the world's going to come to an end sometimes. And, And I, when I do this, I have to admit that it's pride that's making me hold on to those things. Like I can't be the mom who does X, fill in the blank. The mom who doesn't volunteer for carpool. The mom who you know, goes to bed early and isn't there for her teenagers or, you know, whatever it is, whatever standard you are setting for yourself that is contributing to your exhaustion, that is making you feel like a martyr sometimes that you're resenting, cross it off your list. Look for what that is. And if you're having trouble seeing it, I really want to encourage you to ask somebody else for their input because an outside perspective can be very refreshing. Sometimes I I know my husband, Dan is great about providing this kind of perspective for me. I'll let him know that I'm feeling overwhelmed. I'm feeling exhausted. And if I go through and just kind of talk him through, like, here are all the things I have to do. And I've done this before, kind of framing it that way. Like, I'm exhausted and I'm overwhelmed and here's everything I have to do. And he's very good about saying, no, you don't. And and offering another solution. And, and I'm very good about clinging to it still. Like, no, I have to. Um, but recognize that about yourself. If that's your tendency, I think a lot of us women do that. We we hold on to these standards. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, we have to admit it's pride. It's pride because we have a certain standard, a certain kind of mom that we want to be, a certain kind of worker we want to be, a certain kind of wife we want to be, or volunteer, whatever it is. And um, you don't have to do it. There are things you don't have to do. So cross some of those don't have tos off your list. And if you're having trouble seeing any of them as optional, then I really want to encourage you to get somebody else's perspective on them. Have somebody walk through your list with you and, and, and see what other options might be available for getting those things done in another way or not doing them for a certain period of time at least. All right, number two is related. And this is asking for help. Also related to pride. We do not like to ask for help. We don't. I know. I always like to feel like I can do it. I got it. All me. I got it. And it's all about pride. It it is. And that's that's not a thing to hold on to. That's not a virtue. And so it, you don't want to be the person who's always asking for help, but I, I, I'm pretty sure you're not. <laughs> you're feeling exhausted. You're doing a lot of things. So asking for help might be in the form of paying somebody. You might um, have uh, have to ask for some babysitting help or a mother's helper to come in on certain afternoons. So either you can get something done or you can just rest. Or you might swap with a girlfriend who's also exhausted. I, I know years ago I had an arrangement with someone who lived nearby that we, we switched on, I don't know, it was like Tuesday afternoons or something just for like four hours. So one week it would be me taking all of her kids and the next week it was her taking all of my kids. I do not remember the number I had back then, but it, it was a large number. And um, that, that wasn't hard to do. It wasn't hard to arrange. And I really loved having access to that time. And even if you just use that time to rest or if you use that time to get some stuff done that's stressing you out, I mean, I, that can be really helpful. Um, but don't let your pride get in the way of reaching out and trying to find ways to be part of a community in that way. You're part of a community in in your wherever you live, in your parish, in your kid's school, um, in your neighborhood. And 
remember that sometimes it really is a grace to other people to allow them the opportunity to be generous with you. And that doesn't mean you go and you demand that people give you certain things or do things for you, but asking or, or letting them know what would be helpful in a specific way can be a great gift to them. And I know when I care about somebody and I know they're struggling with something, it's a great gift to me if they could be very specific in letting me know what I could do that might help relieve that burden for them. So ask for the help that you need. All right, the next the next point I want to make is you need to make sleeping and resting a priority. Now, this sounds like a no-brainer, right? You can, of course, if you're tired, you need to sleep more. But how many times do we fight this? I know I've done it, especially when I'm feeling stressed and I've got a lot of things going on. Those are the times when I'll find myself staying up late at night, just kind of like browsing through social media or watching Netflix. And and part of it's because I feel like I need I need a break. I need a mental break. And going to bed early doesn't sound like a mental break, actually. Um, but that's what we need. We need to care for ourselves. And it takes discipline to be able to do that. And you might be feeling exhausted just because this is a pattern of behavior for you, avoiding going to bed on time. Um, so getting yourself to bed early really is a discipline the same way that getting up early can be a discipline. So if... It sounds like a no-brainer, but at the same time, it really, I want to encourage you to think about where you could be getting rest, where perhaps in the afternoon might you be able to just, you know, put a movie on for the kids. Screen time is not evil. It can be a tool that you use that serves you in your motherhood that in turn serves your entire family. There were many times, especially when I was pregnant, I would get so tired when I was pregnant. First three months, just exhausted blur of nausea and at least the first three months. Anyway, when you're doing that and you're caring for other kids, then sometimes you really do need to do that. And that was a survival mode that I used for sure was I would in the afternoons, the kids who would go for a nap would go for a nap, but then older kids, I would allow them to have that screen time and I would just lie there on the couch and fall asleep. And it's perfectly okay to care for yourself in that way. And you don't have to be pregnant to be exhausted enough to need to do that. But definitely if you're pregnant or if you're nursing, these things cost us. So making sleep a priority. And um, one way that you can do that is, you know, I mentioned screens like so many times and, and we're that's what we're doing late at night is we're on our phones, we're on our laptops, we're watching TV. And these things, I mean, it's been scientifically proven that the blue light from these things disrupts our sleep. Even if we turn them off and go to bed, still is disrupting our sleep. So making a habit of not doing those things late at night can be really helpful and help you to get the sleep that you need, help you to get the rest that you need. But I do want to mention the Hallow app. So um, we had Abby on from Hall from the Hallow app, Abby Fredrickson, uh, a couple of episodes ago. And uh, we shared with you then all the different resources that are available through that app. And they have a whole sleep section. So if you must be on your phone, this is a great way to do it because then you just need the audio and you don't have to be looking at your screen. Um, I really love the night prayer and um, other, other things that they have on there that are used to help you to go to sleep. So many times I think you might be exhausted and you find you go to bed and because you're stressed about things and anxious about things, your mind just won't turn off. It won't stop. And you find yourself, you know, your mind just running through all the things and you're not able to fall asleep. So this is a great way to fall asleep and um, rest in the arms of God in the way that we were talking about at the start of today's show. So 
Um, yeah, the Howl app, I definitely recommend, but there might be other apps too. If you have one that you particularly enjoy, let me know about it. Uh, you can email me, danielle at daniellebean.com or connect with me on social media, but not late at night, okay? <laughs> not late at night. All right, the next next tip I want to encourage you to think about if um, you're feeling really exhausted, if you're feeling extra tired, is to watch your diet. Watch out what you're eating. You know, caffeine feels like a great solution when you're feeling tired. And I love coffee as much as anyone else. I love Diet Coke. I love tea. I love all the forms of caffeine. Um, and it's very tempting when you're sleepy, but don't abuse that and have it become a habit. The other thing is, um, the other drug that we turn to when we're feeling tired is sugar. And uh, I read a study once that said that our, our bodies do, when we're feeling exhausted, when we're feeling sleep deprived, they naturally crave carbohydrates, crave sugar for that rush of energy that we know that we'll get from it, that hit, that sugar high. But you all know what follows that is the low, the crash, it's painful, you're, you're worse off than you were before and you regret that. So be aware of how being tired makes you feel with regard to what you're going to be eating and drinking. And um, be, just be aware of that and be aware of the ways that your your body responds to those things. And I'm not saying don't have a cup of coffee on a morning where you're feeling exhausted. For sure, I do that. Um, but maybe if it's becoming this this crutch that you you're leaning on and you're you're drinking multiple cups and feel like you can't get through your day without them, it might be time to consider a different pattern of behavior. It might be time to wean yourself from that reliance on caffeine because that's that's not a healthy thing. Um, or if what you're using in that way is sugar, I know I used to do that. Um, <laughs> And I still will on occasion. I, I love sugar. Um, but I remember when the kids were little and I was exhausted, like a handful of chocolate chips, boom, feeling better for the next 30 minutes, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> and then not so much, right? So think about the ways that you're, you're feeding yourself. Think about the ways that you're caring for your body or not caring for your body beyond sleep and how those things might be affecting your rest. You know, studies show that um, people have varying levels of sensitivity to caffeine, but if you are having trouble falling asleep at night, think about when you are drinking caffeine. Are you drinking it in the afternoons? Because even if several hours, if there's still several hours before bedtime, drinking caffeine in the afternoon can disrupt your sleep. People are sensitive in that way and that might be you. So you might need to kind of give yourself a caffeine curfew that's earlier in the day. Um, that can be that can be a, a helpful way to kind of see the ways that the, the different ways that you're eating might be affecting your sleep. The other thing is drinking alcohol at night can affect your sleep. You know, of course, it can make you sleepy, but um, it's been my experience, and, and I've read studies that show that this is the case. It, it disrupts your sleep. You're you're less likely to stay asleep. It's less likely to be a deep and restful sleep. Um, so just be aware of the kinds of things that you're, you're consuming and the ways in which they can affect your sleep and contribute to your exhaustion and be aware of the ways you, your, your eating habits might change as a result of being tired. Um, maybe not always for the better and try to try to make educated, informed choices about those things. Doesn't mean you're always going to be perfect at it. And, you know, if you're feeling extra tired, that's not the time to be hitting yourself up, you know, beating yourself up over the fact that you ate a chocolate chip cookie or whatever. Um, being balanced about these things, but just being aware of the ways the different foods that we might eat or the drinks that we might drink affect your moods, affect how you're feeling. And using those things 
cautiously and just with an awareness of the ways in which they might be affecting you. All right, so those are all the the points that I want to make, but I'm sure there are more. If you have thoughts about how to handle exhaustion or what you might include in a guide for the sleep deprived, let me know. You can email me, danielle at daniellebean.com. I'm Danielle Bean on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I would love to connect with you in those places. And if you're really feeling generous, I would love to get a voicemail from you. I always love to invite other people on the podcast. And that's one way that I can do it. If you would like to give me some feedback on this show or others or suggest a topic for a future show, you can record a voice memo on your phone and just email it to me at danielle at daniellebean.com. Love to have your input that way and add your voice to a future episode of Girlfriends. Okay, coming up, we've got some listener feedback. But first, a quick break. I'm Danielle Bean, and you're listening to The Girlfriends Podcast. Hi, we're Jackie and Bobby Angel with Ascension Presents, and we wrote a book. Yay! Ta-da. Um, it's on discernment, which is figuring out the will of God in your life, which can be an exciting and yet exhausting endeavor. It's called Pray, Decide, and Don't Worry, Five Steps to Discerning God's Will. And we wrote it with Father Mike Schmitz from Ascension Presents. You might know him. <laughs> You may know that guy. The book is concise, but there's lots of wisdom for any person that really wants to do God's will. And it's a, it's a journey of trying to figure out what God wants for your life. And so there's a lot of wisdom from things we've learned along the way. There's testimonies and, and parts of our stories to help you out. Really, like this is a book I wish I had as a young adult. Like this would have helped me a lot in my 20s. Discernment is a question we get asked all the time. Where is God calling me? What am I called to? What vocation am I called to? How do I know if I'm supposed to take it, this job? How do I know this? So we wrote this book to help you along the way to give five steps to discern whatever decision you're making and hopefully to give that peace and that joy that will come from making that decision. And the, the main goal is to help you grow closer to God along the way. So maybe not you, maybe someone in your life is wrestling with a really tough decision and you want to give them some kind of resource for encouragement. It's for if you've got a big decision, period. Yeah. So go get your copy of Pray, Decide, and Don't Worry. Go buy one for a friend. Buy one for someone who's not your friend. Love your enemies. (laughs) Buy them this book. (laughs) Go to ascensionpress.com and get your copy today. Welcome back. Now we're at the point in the show where I like to share a little bit of listener feedback. If you want to be part of this part of the show, send me an email, send me a voicemail at danielle at daniellebean.com. Okay, so this week I heard from Christina, who sent me a message feeling a little disillusioned earlier this week. Christina wrote, Dear Danielle, I just deleted my Facebook page again, and I am feeling so disillusioned. It seems like between race issues and immigration issues and the presidential election, I end up hating everyone in my Facebook feed. I've gotten into arguments with friends and family, and I'm feeling just so misunderstood and actually really angry. I sometimes share about political things online because I feel like these things really are important and I'm passionate about many causes, especially as a pro-life Hispanic woman. And there are many current issues that I care about a lot, but I feel like I can't make myself heard. Do you have any thoughts about ways to have a political conversation in the world today? Is it even possible? Thanks for any insight you can offer, Christina. Okay, wow. Um, So I think this is something we all can relate to, Christina. Thank you for your question. And um, I for sure have experienced this. And in answer to your question, I don't know. I don't know where it's possible to have a helpful 
political conversation these days, except I do know it's not on Facebook. So good on you deleting your Facebook page and maybe let it just stay deleted. Maybe till 2021, you know, just let that sit. Um, it sounds like Facebook became something that wasn't wasn't a good thing in your life, not a good influence in your life. And, you know, we have a limited amount of time and energy and attention every day. And we really do need to be discerning about where we're going to spend it. Do we want to spend it, you know, hours in a day getting upset and angry, communicating with a stranger on Facebook or even a family member and feeling the division that that causes? And at the end of it all, what was accomplished because that person's mind isn't changed, your mind isn't changed. I really can relate to what you're saying, Christina, and I understand the the want, the need to feel heard, to feel like you're misunderstood, to be angry about the frustration you experience in the the kinds of maybe even hurtful opinions and ways of expressing themselves that other people will share online. So I think, first of all, good decision to remove Facebook from your life. It seems like you have very maturely come to the decision. It's not the place to be engaging in political conversations, not helpful. And especially this time of year, even if anybody listening is like, you know, still keeping your Facebook or keeping your Instagram or Twitter or wherever you're engaging in these kinds of conversations might be good to kind of assess how much time and energy you're spending on these things. And what, what part of your life are you robbing to feed Facebook? What part of your life are you taking away your time and energy from? Like your kids, your husband, your work, your household, you know, whatever it is, yourself, you know, the ways in which we, we need to care for ourselves sometimes. What are you robbing in order to feed Facebook in this useless, endless, you know, pit of horribleness. <laughs> Sorry, but that's what it is. And so, you know, end of the day, Christine, I think you've made a really good decision to remove yourself from that. And for other people listening, it might not mean deleting your Facebook page, but it might mean being discerning about how much time you'll spend there. It might mean leaving certain groups on Facebook, muting certain people or unfriending people um, that you just, they're not a good influence in your life. They're not helpful. They make you angry. They make you feel frustrated and disillusioned or belittled. Get that stuff out of your life. Who has time for that? You definitely don't. I promise you, you don't. So, you know, so first, first of all, that's a good decision, Christina. And then, you know, you're asking where you can have these important conversations. And I, I would just tell you, have them in real life. Have them in real life with people that you know. And you mentioned some family members that there's been some divisiveness with online. Well, maybe have an in-person conversation with some of those people if you feel comfortable doing that. Uh, don't save it for across the Thanksgiving dinner table, but maybe if you can connect with these people in real life, it it makes it so much easier to remember the humanity of the person that you're speaking to. Even if you still very strongly disagree with what they're saying, it's harder to forget that they're a human being with all the dignity that that implies and all the worth that that implies when they're not just some, you know, profile picture on the screen. So I would encourage you, if you, if you, if you really feel passionate about having these conversations, I would encourage you to seek out people in your real life that you can have these conversations with. Maybe you have good girlfriends or a sister or um, neighbor or a coworker um, who 
you can talk about these things with, who's interested in these things as well. Maybe there's a, a local group that you could join that uh, talks about some of these issues and um, even addresses some of these issues in helpful ways, in real ways, in your own community. I think the more local you can make these things, the the better. Like if you're talking uh, about race issues or immigration issues, like how does that affect the people in your community? How does it affect the people in your state, in in your neighborhood, in your school? Like talk about it with those people and talk about what you can do, what positive things you can do to address these issues that you care a lot about at the local level. And um, so, of course, I'm going to say with the caveat, don't don't have these conversations like screaming in someone's face and even figuratively. Don't be going out looking for a fight. Be looking for a conversation. And you know what that means? That means asking a lot of questions and then being quiet and listening to what they might be saying. That can offer you a lot of insight into where other people are coming from. Even if you still disagree with them a lot, it can help you to understand their perspective a little bit more. There's so little of that in the world today. What a gift that would be to your community, to the people in your life, Christina, if you were looking to connect with them in that way. And it it requires a certain level of humility because I know for me, when I have in the past engaged in these kind of back and forths over social media or gotten involved in that, it's all about my pride. Like I need to prove that I am right. And I'm not saying that's the case with you, Christina. It sounds like you you genuinely care a lot about these issues and that's motivating you to talk about them, to want to make a change. But I think it's fruitless to try to make that change online and um, actually a huge waste of your time and energy. And I think you've come to that conclusion with your deleted Facebook page and all. So Look for people and places and organizations that are local to you, that where you can really make a difference, where you can really have these conversations, but be sure to be open inside of these conversations to hearing a different perspective, to maybe understanding it. Because what happens online, I think, and it's it's way too easy to do this online when, you know, you're just talking to somebody on Twitter and they're just this like, you know, they're just a, a profile on Twitter, um, that it's easy to forget that this is a human being and they care about these things passionately too because of their own experiences and their own thought process and what got them to that place. So they're not a monster. Sometimes we we do that. Like we paint everything in black and white. Like there are the people who think like me and we are all right. And then there are people who don't think like me and they are all wrong and they're monsters. Well, that's that's not reality. So we need to recognize, first of all, the humanity of others, but then also recognize the validity of some of the things that they're worried about and some of the experiences they've had that have shaped them, formed them into the people they are today with those opinions that they hold. Try to find out how they got there. Try to find out what's motivating them. And that means asking questions and and being quiet and listening. I think a lot of good can come from that. And I think at the end of the day, it will bring you, Christina, a lot more peace. It sounds like you do not have peace about this at all. And I'm sorry for that. I'm sorry for the mess that the online world is in so many ways, especially regarding politics and um, divisive issues. So uh, look for ways that you can you can heal that while also feeding that passion that you have for working on things that matter a lot to you, working on those issues that are really important to you. So I hope that's helpful. Other people might have some other thoughts to share. Um, If you do, 
email me, danielle at daniellebean.com, and I will be happy to share it on a future show or even just forward it to Christina because I'm sure she could use those resources as well. One final scripture passage I want to mention while we're on this topic, and this helps me a lot, um, is Philippians 4, 8. And um, it's one you might have heard before where this is the this is the passage, finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. So that's Philippians 4, 8. You might want to just um, make a note of that scripture passage, because I find it's actually a really helpful reminder for me to focus on good things, focus on worthy things, focus on pure things, because it's all too easy to get obsessed about the things that are wrong and the problems that we see and the ugliness that we might find, whether it's online or in real life. And that's not, that's not what we're meant to focus on. Focus on the good things, what's true and what's honorable, what's just and what's pure, commendable and excellent, things that are worthy of praise. There are many things that are worthy of praise. So let's focus on those things, especially inside of our communities and inside of our church. I think that's so valuable. So that's a scripture passage that I am keeping close, especially in these days leading up to the election. Um, I think it's a helpful reminder to me about where I should be focusing. All right, one more little bit of feedback. We've got feedback on feedback. So um, this one comes from Maria. And Maria writes, Dear Danielle, Thanks for such a great podcast, whether you are on your own or with a guest. I'm a longtime listener. On today's show on finding and being a friend, in the feedback section, you mentioned emails from Melissa, who was experiencing restlessness due to her wanderer nature. She mentioned not knowing how to address it, given her marriage, parenting, and financial responsibilities. She did say she likes to learn and would love to take a course. I'm a lifelong learner myself, and I find myself less effective in helping others when I stop feeding my own brain and soul. Since the COVID shutdowns began, a number of Catholic sites have been offering free online classes. I'm just finishing one on mercy. For non-religious topics, a number of major colleges, including Ivy League schools, also offer free online courses at edx.org and other places. If Melissa has to supervise her five-year-old doing kindergarten at a distance, perhaps she could do mommy school at the same time or later in the evening. Again, thank you, Maria. Thank you so much for that, Maria. And um, I really think that's a good point to make. And I hope Melissa is listening to this advice that it doesn't have to be something that's going to cost you a lot, but you can benefit a lot and your family can benefit a lot. Making that point about being less effective in helping others when you stop feeding your own brain, feeding your own soul, it's so true. And so looking for ways that are appropriate to do that might be a great place to start for Melissa and anybody listening. So I think that one of the benefits out of this time of COVID has been the fact that many of these resources are now available. Many universities, like you suggest, and churches are making things available for free online, all these great resources, different ways that you can take a class or explore a topic. And it might be a nice, no pressure, no investment way to explore a topic and see if you might like to actually at some point in your life, go back to school for that thing. You might want to take that, um, take more formal classes in that particular topic. But I think it's a great point to make, Maria, that we are more effective in all of 
the ways that we serve others and that we're called to serve others when we are taking care of ourselves and feeding ourselves in some of these most basic of ways. And now that's all the time we have for today. But usually at the end of the show, I let you know places where I'm going to be speaking so that we could potentially meet in person. You could attend one of those events. Not a lot of those going on right now. So I have a number of virtual events that I'm participating in at different parishes. So those are kind of private events, but I wanted to mention it in case you are interested in having one of these virtual events for the women, for the people of your community. So I have some virtual retreats that are based on the same themes. They're based on the retreats that I do in person for women based on my two books, You're Worth It and You Are Enough, which look at stories of women in the Old Testament, women in the New Testament, and how the themes of those stories apply to our lives as women today. So the themes of both of those I've kind of adapted into a virtual version. And it works. It works. And it's been really wonderful to be able to connect with women in this way because we're limited in the ways that we're able to connect and gather. I really miss that opportunity to connect personally with people. So if you're interested in um, bringing one of these events to your community in some way, you can go to daniellebean.com slash retreats. There's a little bit more information there. There's also a form you can fill out if you want to get more detailed information or inquire about booking me for a particular event that you have in mind. And um, one thing, I recently had a really encouraging conversation with a mom who is going to be organizing one of these retreats, and I'm going to be a part of it, um, for young women, for girls who are like 10, 11, and 12 years old in her parish community. And I am really enjoying this opportunity to take the themes that we talk about here, the themes I talk about in my books about the dignity of womanhood, and adapt them for a younger audience in that way, because what an important thing to do, be speaking to girls in that age about their dignity and worth as a daughter of God, the ways that God made them good, God made them beautiful, God made them worthy. What a beautiful opportunity. I'm really excited to be working on that. So maybe you'll be interested in something along those lines as well. Like I said, I'm working on it now. So it's very much at the forefront of my mind. I would love to connect with you if you are interested in bringing a virtual retreat to the young girls of your community, maybe not just the women, but um, younger girls or, or teenage girls that are a part of your community, part of your parish family. So again, you can go to daniellebean.com slash retreats, get some more basic information there. Um, and then, or you could just email me, danielle at daniellebean.com or fill out the form there, giving me a little information about what you're looking to do so that we can connect and make it happen. Looking forward to connecting with you virtually through some of those events in the coming weeks and months. But most of all, I'm just grateful that we connect here on the podcast. This is all the time we have for today, but I am so grateful that you've been here, that you've been here for today's show. And I'm grateful for all the ways you show up, all the ways that you connect with me right here through Girlfriends. Thank you for that. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a collaboration between daniellebean.com and Ascension, the leader in Catholic faith formation.